Okay, guys, good morning. We're going to Hundaf Lamed Amabet. Nearing the end, Bezat Hashem, tomorrow is to see him. Let's jump in. Okay, so let's um, jump in. We're talking about, we were talking about the Sudam Afseket. That was the last thing we talked about. It's now in the second line of Lamed Amabet. Tanan Hatam, it was taught over there. Makom Shinagu Lasot Malachabi Tishabab Osim. Makom Shinagu Shalolasot Enosim. Okay, in places where they have the Minhag to do Malacha, to work on Tishabab, you can do it. Places where they, uh, the minhag was not to do melacha, you're not supposed to do it. Okay, you have to follow really this literal minhag makom. But in all places, tamid chachamim should be idle and should not be involved in working. Hashem Gamal says, you should, everyone should treat, should treat themselves as if they're tamid chacham anti shabbat. Anything that he's saying is, don't work. Okay. It's not, so basically, we try not to work in the Shabbat. That's true till today. It's true in the So look, obviously, in situations where people have to work, whatever, they can't take a day off, they can't do it. But ideally, that is the time we try to avoid it. Okay. Person should be like a bichav, so that they can fast. I mean, if you have to work hard, especially back in the back in the day, right? They weren't all like accountants sitting in an office, you know, in the nice air conditioning. Uh, they were like, you know, a lot of labor was heavy labor. Was busy, you know, it's really difficult. Makes it much harder to fast and uh, better to be able to fulfill the fast properly. Tanya Idach, another bright that tells Wow, pretty harsh statement. Anybody who eats and drinks on Tisha B'Av, it's like eating and drinking on Tisha B'Av. I mean, on Yom Kippur, excuse me. That's a huge statement, because obviously Yom Kippur is the most severe uh, fast. It's from the Torah itself. So that's a big deal. Rabbi Kiva Omer, Kolo Zemelacha, Bitishabab, and Nora Esiman Bracha Leolam. Rabbi Kiva says, if you work on the Shabbat, you're not going to see any positive benefits from that work. So it's moot, meaning like you can try to go to work, but it's not going to benefit you in the long run. So it's just not worth it. How you know it's true? I don't know. Okay. Uh, more famous line here that anybody who does Malachan Tishabab and is not properly mourning over Yerushalayim will not be able to see in the Simcha. You know, you can't participate in the Simcha. The says that you should rejoice in Yerushalayim, right? All those who love it. But it means all those who once were mourned over it will now rejoice. Now, on the one hand, the Pazak in Yeshayahu seems to be saying, it's just a prediction for the future. Those who mourned over Yerushalayim will have a day when you'll be able to rejoice over it. That's a wonderful thing. But we see here in the, the Chachamim Zee, in that Pasuk, a hint to this idea that only if you really are mitabel over Yerushalayim, if you have proper sense of the mourning of the loss of, uh, of, of the destruction of Yerushalayim, will you then be able to appreciate the, the Simcha. Now, again, two different ways to take it. One is sort of like, you will not merit to be able to see yourself the, uh, the happiness. And the second way to say it is more like, okay, even if you experience that time period, will you really experience the full joy? If you don't fully appreciate what was missing, will you really appreciate it when it comes back? Right? And that's a good lesson in general. Right? The more we appreciate things, right, the more we actually suffer when we lose it. But the more we appreciate what we're missing, the more we appreciate things that we have. So that's a nice uh, message as well. Okay. Um, let's keep going. Sorry, I lost my place for a second. Um, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, sorry. If you eat meat and drink wine and tishabab, like wow, what chutzpah? You know, not only are you eating on tishabab, but eating meat and drinking wine, like you're having like a normal feast. The pasuk says about him, but to he avonutam alas motam. Their sins will be on their bones. Okay, the idea is that like sort of like wow, that's really like a lot of chutzpah. And that's really bad news. 
Okay. That brings us to the next the last part of the Mishnah where it says as follows. Rabbi Dilmer. Excuse me. Rabbi Dilachayev bekviat mitah v'lohdilachachamim. Rabbi Dilachayev said that in Tzirah Ba'av you have to also do kviat mitah. Kviat mitah means turning over the beds. That was a practice that they used to have in the times of Chazal. Uh, during uh, morning, during Shiva, okay, that the Gemara in, in the Masach of uh, Boikatan talks about that. It's not a practice that we have anymore. We don't have that practice of turning over the beds, but that was certainly a thing that, in, that indicates uh, uh, morning, and Rabbi thought that was appropriate also for Tishabav. But Chacham said no. Tanya, you're the bright. Amru lo the Rabbi They said to Rabbi Da, According to you, uh, uh, pregnant and nursing women, what should be with them? Meaning, like they, I guess, like they can't physically do that. Like what they, they can't handle the, having Kviatamita. They have to rest and things like that. So you're making it possible for them to participate in the fast. Amrlan. Says, no, even I only said it about people who are able to do it. So I'm not saying everyone has to turn the bed over, but if you're able to do it, you can function that way, you should do it. Tanya says, similarly, Okay, so then Baruch says, the Rebidah agrees, in the case where if you can't handle it, you don't have to do it. Achachamim would agree, if you can handle it, you should do it. So Gabbard says, well then, my benayu. So then what's the difference? And they guys they just agree with each other. That's not the impression we get. Gabbard says, Ike benayu, sha'ar mitot. The difference is the other beds. Meaning they're not only, oh, we'll see. Okay, Tanya, the Baruch says, sha'amru l'chavot mitah, lo mitodob levad hukoveh, elakol hamitot, kulan hukoveh. The Baruch tells us that when you turn over the beds, it's not just your own personal bed that you turn over, you turn over all the beds in the house, basically. So the difference would be, Rabbi would say, you should turn over not only your own bed, but all the beds in the house. And the Chachamim would say, no, your own bed, fine, yet make yourself uncomfortable, you can do that, but the other beds would be no need to uncomfortable, to overturn. Amar Rav, Rav says, Hilchadah ketana didan, velo hodu lo chachamim, kol ikar. Rav says, Allah is really like Aratana, that as opposed to the Brightas, and it means that the Chachamim do not agree at all, which means there's no issue, and we should not be turning over the beds at all on Tisha B'Av. Okay. Um, moving along. Okay, so after a whole masachet of discussing sad things and fasting and, uh, you know, lack of rain and uh, punishments and all these horrible things, and then we got to the fast days and the teach the Tamas and Tishabab, all these different things, now finally we get to the idea of Tubab, a happy day in the calendar. So that's what Shimon Gamal says. There weren't any great, you know, happy days like uh, Tubab, the 15th of Av, and Yom Kippurim. Okay, so that's not, well, end on a happy note. So uh, now we'll take us to the end of the Messiah. We understand why uh, Yom Kippur is a happy day, which again, maybe is a little counterintuitive, but I think, you know, we've talked this uh, conversation we have, that Yom Kippur is a happy day because there's a day, it's a uh, time of forgiveness, and that's a good thing. Uh, it's also the day where we got the second set of luchot. So happy things happen on Yom Kippur. We understand why that's a happy day. Ella, Tuba Av, the 15th of Av, Mai, what, what is this day? Like, why? Oh my, I never, like, not only have I, like, uh, I mean, I, I'm I confused why it's one of the happiest days of the year. I never even heard of this day. I don't even know what it is. Like, it's such a weird, it's a weird reality. We're going to see a bunch of answers to this question. What's special about Tuba Av? Okay, that will take us to the end of the Amr, and then we'll continue in the next. Uh, uh, tomorrow, um, he says it's the day when the Shvatim were allowed to now uh, marry each other. Okay, what do we mean? At the time of uh, the Midbar, we know the story of the Vodos of Chad, they had, uh, uh, their father died, and they had no brothers, and they wanted to make sure that they also could get uh, Nachalad to get land in Eretz Israel. Um, but their fellow uh, Menashe tribesmen said, well, that's great that they're going to get land, but the next thing that happens is they're going to marry some man from another tribe, and then the man will basically take over, so other tribes will basically get a portion in our uh, land. So there was a, a, um, uh, so Moshe told them basically, no, that's not what's going to happen. I, I mean, Hashem said that 
this generation, we'll see in a second, that's for this generation, you're going to have to marry, these women have to marry people from their own tribe of Menashe, establish the Nachala in, uh, uh, as it is, and then uh, later, they, you know, the people from Menashe can, can marry other tribes. So this is the day, Tuba Av was the day that finally all the Shvatim can now uh, marry each other, and that obviously leads to more Achdus among Klai Yisrael. So my Darish, what's the Drasha here? Zeh HaDavar Shetiva Hashem Lib Notes of God. This is the thing that Hashem came into the Notes of God. Davar Zeh Lo Yehinoheg Elabador Zeh Okay, Zeh is the key word. This is the matter. This thing is only going to be practiced in this generation. Okay. Uh, that's the first answer. Amar of Yosef, Amar of Nachman, Yom Shutar Sheva Binyamin Okay, it's another thing about, about marrying within tribes, or, you know, out to other tribes. This is about Binyamin, because Sheva Binyamin, you know, was put on the outs after the story of Pilagish Begibah, where Sheva Binyamin acted so horribly, so they were basically, like, you know, knocked out, and no one was going to marry Sheva Binyamin. At a certain point, they, are, they were allowed to do that again, and that also is a happy day. Shnemar v'ish Yisrael, l'ishba b'mispah l'mor, ish mimenu lo yitain bito l'binyamin l'isha. They made a declaration, no man from there will give his daughter to Benjamin. My darish, so what's the drasha? Amarav mimenu velomi banenu. From us and not from our sons. Okay, so that's the idea there. Then when that was uh, finally like got, got, we reached the end of that, so that also was a happy day. Uh, furthermore, it's the day when the finally the generation of the Midbar that was to die out before we enter Eretz Yisrael, so the final person died on uh, on Tuba'av. That was the end of that, and then they realized they were able to uh, uh, the whole that whole group now was going to be entering the land. They said until all the people of the generation had died out, there was a cessation of speech with Moshe. Hashem didn't speak to Moshe. Says, when all the people from the Milchama died, then Hashem spoke to me. Meaning, to me was the Dibur as opposed to beforehand. Okay, so that also was a happy day that now all the people stopped dying and also, uh, uh, and also Hashem speaks to Moshe. What do we know that they. Uh, that uh, they stopped dying. So there's a midrash that tells us, a different midrash tells us, that uh, that generation, basically, what they would do is, uh, every day, they would, like, they dug these graves, and they would lie in their graves, and if they didn't die, they would get out of their graves and, like, you know, move on with their day. Okay? And when they hit, because Tisha B'Av, we learned before, was the day when they got the, uh, got the decree. The assumption was, they would die, like, on Tisha B'Av. Okay? And then, this last year, they lay in the graves, uh, they weren't dead, but they weren't so sure. Like, you know, it's hard to know, you know, they were using the, the moon as a calculation, what exactly is the day of the month. So finally, when they saw it was a full moon, it's two ba'av, it was the 15th of ba'av, they realized it was a full moon, it's clearly not Tisha B'Av anymore. Clearly that there's no more uh, death, and they realized that that was the end of that. So that's what they, uh, from a different Mishash, that's what they did the same idea, and that's what we learned, uh, that two ba'av is a special day. Okay, one more answer for today, and then we'll continue tomorrow. Ula Amar, Yom Shibitel Hoshea Ben Elah, Prostiyot Shahushid Rabban Ben Nevat Aladrachim, Israel, Lurigel. Okay, that uh, uh, it's the day when we know that uh, Yeravam ben Nevat, the king of Israel, so he wanted to prevent people from coming to the Beit Hamikdash. So he set up these like uh, guards, these like you know these uh, these uh, you know um, like checkpoints, right, to prevent people from the northern kingdom to come down to uh, the southern kingdom, right, to Yehuda to come to the Beit Hamikdash. So Hoshea ben Ela eventually, a, a further king, right, later king of Israel, he removed those guards. Ve'amar, um, and he said, uh, to, uh, and moving to top of Laman Aleph, La'ezeh she'yirtu yalu. He said, whichever one, wherever you want to go, you can go. I mean, you want, whatever, you know, whichever like temple you want to go to, you can go to. That's very nice. So uh, that also is a day of uh, real celebration. Again, for two reasons. One is uh, it allows people to come to the Beit Hamikdash, but also again it indicates again a sense of unity among the different kingdoms. People can now mingle back and forth. Okay, we'll pause there, and as I jump tomorrow, we'll make our seum.